What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 43 of the DW Podcast. Now, is it definitely 43? I'm not sure, but, but that's what we're going with. Now, we are here for the second episode of the day one. On the G-Men Journal, we redid the 2018 NFL redraft. Make sure to check that high-quality content out, guys. <laughs> um, so, anyway, this is going to be just as fun as the rest of them. Maybe not, because it's new. But, but anyway, I think the 2018 NBA redraft is going to be fine. I guess you could call it interesting. I mean, all these guys are young, so, so there are probably a few in- instances where we're going off of potential, not current stage of their career. So, so anyway, we can get into it. Yeah, all right. So this is um, Dill, as you mentioned, a very young draft class. So it is somewhat tough to to put together. I think it. I mean, I think it. I think the hardest will one hundred percent be um, two thousand nineteen, as we haven't NBA even seen it particularly because we haven't seen a full season out of them. But anyway, um, yeah. So this uh, two thousand eighteen NBA class is is a solid one at the top, and and I guess could it, it's solid down the bottom and is only going to potentially get better as it goes on or maybe it'll just crash but anyway we will get started with the first pick where the Suns selected DeAndre Ayton um here I think that they select um I think that if you go back before this year and you go based off their decisions or their, their rookie year rather um this this um this draft class, uh, or the, who goes number one in this draft class is probably up for debate between Trey, Trey and Luca. but Luca just had an MVP-level season, so Luca's got to be the pick here. I don't think it was ever up for debate, because you look at Luca and he was coming from or from a talent standpoint, but also from a, a standpoint of, wow, this guy has been playing professional basketball since he was like 16, and, and that is great in terms of, well, you want this experience. I think Luca is clearly far and away and until he until we potentially see injuries the best player in this draft class uh I think the Suns select him here at number one I think you look at Luca next to Booker and and maybe you think well they're both guards that's not going to work out but I said this last week um or not last yeah I guess last Sunday when we were doing the 2017 redraft now I completely forget who I had the Suns selecting Probably De'Aaron Fox. I think it was De'Aaron Fox. Yep. Um, and, and I said, well, if you're pairing De'Aaron Fox, who is more of a ball handler, with Booker, who's more of a shooter, I think that works out just fine. It's not like chemistry issues unless it's like bad blood between the two of them. And I, I think it's the same here. Not to mention, Luca is is the only MVP level player so far in this in this draft class. So I think Luca is the clear number one pick. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree. All right, so we will move on here to number two to the Kings, where where the Kings here select um, Trey Young. Yeah, so in real life, they selected Marvin Bagley. Now, Bagley had a promising rookie season. I think the the four rookies last year um, that, that were probably the best were Luca, Trey, Aiton, and Bagley. And then I guess you could throw Jaron Jackson Jr. in there. Um, as a top five, I do not think Bagley has been anything to what he might or what he showed he might be so far in his second season. Um, injuries have derailed or had, um, or, or I, I guess yeah, had derailed him before the season got suspended. But he still has some potential to be a good player, and I have him going in the top ten. Uh, I think Trey Young is not the maybe not the clear pick here, but you see Trey, and he had a. Arguably undeserving All Star starter appearance 
it's arguable, but but people love Trey, and and the, you look at his stats, and he's averaging like thirty a game, but not bringing his team anything. Where a guy like like Shea, for example, is is helping his team get success along with uh, Triple J's or or uh, other guys like that. But I don't think Trey is maybe the guy to lead your team to a win because of his maybe lack of passing, but. He's still a great player, so I think it's a good pick for the Kings, who kind of just need talent. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. All right, so we will move on here to three to the Mavs, where I think that they select Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, I think that you could certainly make the argument for um, SGA to go here, um, but I think that if, if we're sitting here and we're looking at um, who can be the best in the future, I think Jaron Jackson has the potential to, to be a consistent all-star, whereas I think, don't get me wrong, I think SGA is going to have a good career, but I don't think he can... I mean, he, maybe he'll be an all-star once or twice, but I think that JJJ can can have the potential to be to be a consistent all-star. Now, hear me out here. Now, I think I have Shea going here. I think Shea, one, gets a replacement for Luka just because, I mean, theoretical replacement at the guard position. Two, I think Shea, one, played an all-star level this year where, where Triple J's didn't really. Um, he played on a, a good team, a completely, I mean, so did Jay. JJ um, played an overachieving um, on an overachieving uh, Grizzlies and and Thunder teams. I think Shea though is you see the promise and he's a guard position. I think the the reason you argue that um, Triple J is or Jaron Jackson is the pick or will be would be the pick here is because he is just versatile. He can play down low. He can defend. He can shoot threes at the big man. He's seven foot tall. I, I think that is, in some sense, basically like the unicorn build. So I think for that reason, maybe that could be the pick here. But I think in terms of pure who is a better player, I think Shea is the better player. Um, but we can move on to the fourth pick where I presume we will have the picks uh, flopped or switched, flip-flopped. I can't talk. But in real life, the Grizzlies selected uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., I think they do that again because, well, that is that is pretty logical. Yeah, um, I would, uh, that, that obviously makes sense, but, but as Dill mentioned, uh, we do have these picks, uh, flopped as I have the, uh, the Grizz here going with SGA and Shea Gillagis Alexander. Yeah, now I think, like the Suns, you see a, a, now, now, not at the time, but or I guess at the time with Conley and SGA, so maybe you don't know mix those two guys, but they're completely different players. As, as SGA might be closer to like a small forward than a point guard, I think at times, or at least when Chris Paul's on your team, we've seen that this year. But I think um, Shea is, is a good pick for the Grizz, who, who may or may not still end up getting Jaw. Um, maybe they're terrible and they still get Zion, or they get Zion, you never know. Uh, I think this is a very good pick here for, for both teams. Yeah, all right, so uh, we can move on here to, to five to the Hawks. I mean, technically, they had the third pick. They swapped with the Mavs, arguably the one of the bigger what-ifs um, of, of recent draft memory. What if the... Uh, what if the... the um, the Hawks and Mavs don't don't flip picks, and then um, and then you have Luca on the on the Hawks and and Trey on the Mavs. But anyway, uh, Dill, you can give your your picks to the Hawks. Yeah, here. I think here the Hawks select DeAndre Ayton. Now we saw the steroid drama, but I think you see Ayton. Maybe he has more potential than um, than like a guy like Triple J's. 
the problem with Aiton is he's not, like, an eye-catching talent. Like, he can't shoot, really. He can't really have... He, he can't really ball handle. He does not have the versata- versatility that Jaron has. So I think that's why I had Jaron ranked higher than him. That is my reasoning for Aiton falling to number five. Um, yeah, I, I like that as as I have um, Aiton being, being the pick here to five to the Hawks as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can move on to the sixth pick now. In real life, the Magic selected the first, at least that we know of, first real bust so far. I think maybe you could argue for Bagley, but I don't think Bagley has been bad enough yet. Where where this guy has been terrible. Now, this guy is a song, he is a meme, he is tall, he has all of the the defensive attributes you would want, but he sucks. That pick is Mo Bamba. I think they get a big upgrade at center here, a guy who, who committed to Western Kentucky, decommitted, uh, just hung around for like a year, went in the second round to the Knicks. I think the Magic select Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, um, I, I like that, um, especially if you're, if you're looking to replace um, – if you're looking to replace, uh, you know, big man for big man, um, I think that you kind of do that um, here. Not, not obviously not as tall as as Mo Bamba, um, but I think that the Magic here go with Michael Porter Jr., a guy that has somewhat been plagued um, by injuries, but but when we've seen him on the court, he has um, shown lots of potential. So if he can stay away from injuries, I think that uh, this pick makes sense. Yeah, I think just to go back to the the. Uh, Magic selecting another center-ish, at least big man type guy when they already have uh, Vucevic and then Aaron Gordon as well. I think, one, we've seen them do that. They did it here. They've done it in the past by trading for Ibaka and and signing Biombo and when they already had Vucevic. And and the talent of these players is even higher. We saw them come out this next year and make the playoffs. and I think they could be even better because Mitchell Robinson has the potential, I think, to be an all-star where I would not say that um, I would not say that Mo Bamba does. Yeah, um, that that makes sense. All right, so we can move on here to, to seven to the Bulls, where where the pick in real life was Wendell Carter Jr. Now, again, this is one of the one of those ones where we bring up. Well, it hasn't necessarily brought team success, but for the most part, that's just usually bad teams and poorly run organizations. And the same here is true for the Bulls. I think that they stick with their pick in real life uh, in Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, I do not personally think that Wendell Carter Jr. has the most talent on the board. Nor do I think that he has the most potential on the board. But I don't think any of the other guys on the board are, are game-changing guys, even if they're better than Wendell. Um, plus, I think a big thing with the Bulls that has became apparent, one, that they have Zach Levine, so dude, there's not necessarily a point in drafting another guard because it's Zach Levine's ball, and you're going to get out of the way, or, or you're not <laughs> going to participate. Um, and then for the center position, we've obviously seen – uh, Laurie Markkinen, who is uh, arguably the cornerstone, at least in terms of young guys. I, I guess you could call Zach Levine young, but but he's been hanging around in the NBA for like six, seven years. Um, uh, so I think we saw him voice out about not being happy with the Bulls, so maybe he wants out. So I think it's good to get another big man in Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, all right, so we will move on here to eight to the Cavs, where the pick in real life was Colin Sexton. Yet another one where... 
where we bring up how it hasn't necessarily translated to team success, but but it has worked out for them in some sense, con- considering he's been he's been solid um in his time in the league uh, or in his short tenure in the league, and, and that would be Colin Sexton. So I think that uh, the Cavs stick with this pick here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, once again, I think Colin Sexton is a very good player. I don't think he is good enough ever. I don't think he ever will be good enough to be the best player on a good team. But but he's an all-star level player, I think, or he will get to an all-star level player. Uh, he was averaging around 20 a game. Now, like I said, that's on, or like you said, that was on the Cavs, who are one of the worst teams in the league, jumbled with Andre Drummond, who's not a good scorer, and Kevin Love, who is not happy about the organization. So I think this is a good situation in terms of um, his own success for Sexton, but, but I don't think it will ever really work out with the Cavs, but why not pick him again? Yeah, um, I, I think that makes sense. All right, so we can move on here to nine to the next. And if you want to talk about dysfunctional organizations, uh, we might just have the, the three straight uh, most dysfunctional organizations um, being the Bulls, the, the Cavs, and the Knicks. I think Probably throw the, the Timberwolves and the one. Kings. I think Kings and but, Timberwolves are one. In, or I think Knicks are one. I think Kings are two. I think T-Wolves are three. I think... Um, Bulls are four, Cavs are five currently. Now, we saw the Bulls. Um, obviously, they had Michael Jordan, so at that point in time, they were not dysfunctional. And when the Cavs had LeBron, LeBron was running the show, so they weren't dysfunctional. But but ever since then, they have been absolutely hot mess. Um, anyway, here, Ivy Knicks selecting Marvin Bagley instead of Kevin Knox. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Bagley goes just um, a couple of picks later for me. I think that the Knicks here go with Mitchell Robinson, a guy they selected um, in the with the sixth pick in the second round. So in some sense, I guess they quote-unquote stick with it as they still get him um, instead of Kevin Knox with this pick. But, but anyway, Mitchell Robinson is the pick here for me. So we can move on here to 10 to the Sixers, where I think that the Sixers here select Devonte Graham, a guy who has had one of the, mo- the one of the bigger breakout years that we've seen in recent um, in recent memory uh, this year, as he just kind of broke out um, out of just, not necessarily out of nowhere, but but has had a very big breakout year. So I think that the Sixers, who have have struggled to find a, a true guard at all during the process. Um, I think that uh, they go they go with Devontae Graham here. I think Ben Simmons is a is a true point guard in the sense that although he can't really shoot, he can um, he can he can handle the ball and he can pass. And I think that's really what most times you might want out of your point guard. At least that's what I would want out of my point guard. Uh, but I think Devontae Graham is a good pick here. Although the stats, like the career stats, don't necessarily boom at you just because he had a, a not so good rookie year. I think he has some potential to be good, and I don't. I don't think he's a bad player. I feel like if you run him at shooting guard, maybe you probably never acquire. Like even if he's bad, he's like the backup shooting guard at first. Um, you maybe still acquire Jimmy and and Tobias. Maybe he's even a piece in the Jimmy um, or Tobias trade. But anyway, uh, or maybe this pick gets traded. Considering the pick that was Mikael Bridges got traded in real life, you never you never know. But Anyway, now we can move on to the 11th pick where the, the Hornets are in the clock. No one realized they selected Miles Bridges, who has not been terrible so far. But I think you get a, a slight to potentially big upgrade 
here by selecting Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, Porter came off the board just a couple of picks earlier for me. I think that the Hornets here go with Marvin Bagley, uh, the third. Yeah, I think that is a good pick for the Hornets, considering I had him going. Number nine, uh, I was going to have these two guys switched. Uh, I was going to have Bagley go 11th, and then Porter Jr. go 9th to the Knicks. But anyway, I think... Um, it's a fine pick for the Hornets. I, I don't know if Porter Jr. is all that. I personally am not as high as on, or I'm not as high on him as you are, just because I don't see his potential when you can't really stay on the court for more than like two months at a time. Uh, anyway, we can move on to the 12th pick where in real life the Clippers selected uh, Jerome Robinson and Shea Gillis Alexander. Um, we can just give both of these picks here. I have them selecting Miles Bridges and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I have them going with Duncan Robinson and Macal Bridges. Um, so yeah, not not insane amount of difference for us if we have the basically the same two guys just with one the, the same and and one with a different first name. But anyway, we can move on here to. Uh, to the 14th pick to the Nuggets where the pick in real life was Michael Porter Jr. Now, I just want to take you back to the 2018 NBA draft. Michael Porter, before he had his... Um, was the guy. Number right, one right, or was, two. Right, was number one, one or two, back. and then he had the tragic back injury, and, and he felt the last pick in the lottery. Um, I remember watching the draft, and all the announcers were talking about is... When is Porter going to go? When is Porter going to go? Yeah, I, was, I remember. Because he was the guy until he had the big back injury and didn't necessarily fully recover until this season and, and was playing well until the season got suspended. Yeah. But but anyway, um, yeah, I think... I, I do mock drafts, and, and I suck at mock drafts, but I try my best, and I had Porter probably going, well, well one or two preseason, um, one of him or Bagley. He got hurt, he still came back, played a tournament game that they, that they lost, but still... And then, um, and then he, I had him going around like seven or eight, and he fell to fourteen. Now I think it was a ridiculous move for everyone who was going for a small forward, shooting guard, power forward, ish type guy to not take him at that point in time. But I think the Sixers should have taken him. I think I think everyone should have taken him. They passed up on him considering before this kid was injured, he was the number one prospect, or, or I think number two actually behind Bagley. But anyway. Um, I have the Nuggets here selecting Macau Bridges. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, obviously, Macau came off the board at 13. For me, I think that um, uh, the the Nuggets here somewhat replace, uh, replace um, or I guess really not at all. Um, the, the Nuggets here replace um, Michael Porter Jr. With, with Dante DiVincenzo, a guy who has emerged um, on the box um, as just another one of those um, solid shooters around Giannis and ha- has had a very good year this year. Yeah, I think he has the potential to become an all-star level player. Not an all-star, not maybe even, maybe not even like a fringe all-star, but a player who, who could start on a good team and, and because of his shooting and defense could become a good player. But anyway, I think the, the, um, the Wizards here select... Dante DiVincenzo as well. I think that is a a solid pick for the Wizards who could use a bit of everything um, besides a shooting guard or, or I guess just guards in general. Yeah, um, I like that. So here, um, here the, the pick in real life here was, was Troy Brown, a guy I have going significantly later um, 
in my in my redraft here. I think that um that the the pick here at 15 is Kevin Herter. Um I, that's one of those names that is tough to pronounce cuz it looks like Herder or Herder or however you think it is pronounced but that it's actually spelled like Herder. So I don't know. I was going to guarantee myself that that I was going to mess that up but but anyway, um, that's that's the pick here for me. Um, he made the all rookie team in eighteen nineteen, um, and um, somewhat fell off um, this year. Although he only played fifty six games when the season got suspended, um, I, I think the plan is to talk about um, the the resumption um, in in play um, as that report has come out later. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, I think you look at a guy like, like Herter, I think when he can stay on the court, as he obviously only played 56 games uh, when the season got suspended this year, I think that he has lots of potential in the future. Yeah, especially on, on this Hawks team, too, who rely heavily on, on the three-point shot, and he's a very good shooter. Um, anyway, here I have the Suns selecting... Um, or, or this, yeah, the Sun selecting, um, just to move on, the next pick I'd be Sun selecting Landry Shamet. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think, I think that makes, that makes some sense. Um, I think that the Suns here take Miles Bridges. Yeah, that is a good pick. I think it is kind of funny that, um, that the Suns end up, or, or not the Suns, or the, this pick was traded in real, or funny for me that this pick in real life ended up being traded to the Sixers. If Landry Shamit ended up being traded to the Sixers, um, as he had a short half of the season Sixers tenure last year. But anyway, um, we can move on to the next pick where I'd be Box, who, who selected Dante DiVincenzo in real life. Um, uh, real life um, selected. Um, Dante Tivincenzo in real life. Sorry, I had them selecting Kevin Herter. Yeah, I like that. I think that. I think that um, that um, the box replaced Divincenzo with another role player ish sharpshooter in Landry Shamit, um, a guy who was somewhat of a key piece in in the Toby trade. Yeah, uh, I think that is a good pick for the box. I have him off the board, and I think he is the perfect bench model for the. For the box, um, just because he is a an extreme sharpshooter, that could definitely help them. I think Herder um, works as well as he is a good shooter, as we already said. So these are both great picks for for what the box are working with. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. All right, so we can move on here to uh, to eighteen to the Spurs as we try to move fast so that we have time to talk about the playoffs um, later in this episode. Anywho, um, I think that the, the Spurs here take a guy who claims he is the best rookie this year as he was hurt all of last year. He claims that he is better than Ja and Zion. Anyone who watches basketball know that he isn't. Anyway, that guy is you guys that Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I have Kendrick Nunn going a bit later. Um, or... Yeah, a bit later. Um, anyway, I have the Spurs here selecting Kevin Knox. Now, Kevin Knox showed a decent amount of promise in his rookie year with the Knicks, and five times looked like the leader of that god awful team that, that lucked out of Zion and the reigning Kyrie. But, but anyway, I think Knox is a solid pick here for the Spurs. 
has the Spurs can, can turn any decent player potentially in, into a good player, at least a good player to fit their system, as they did with guys like Danny Green, per se, who, who wasn't necessarily a good player, but, but they turned into a good player because he fit their system. Anyway, um, they pick in real life was Lonnie Walker, Ivy. Um, you know the story. I do not have Lonnie Walker in going here, but, but he's a pretty solid player. Um, anyway, with the 19th pick, uh, the Hawks in real life selected Kevin Herter. I think they select um, Josh Okoji here. Yeah, um, I like that. Okoji goes um, a little bit later for me. I think that the Hawks go with a different point guard in Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I am not high on Jalen Brunson. Uh, you are a biased Villanova fan, but but it's fine. I have him going a bunch later uh, to an ironic team. But anyway, I think um, I think that's a fine pick. I think the Kogi's defense is pretty good. Uh, probably a better pick than Brunson, but it will deal with or the Hawks will deal with that. Uh, anyway, we can move on to the 20th pick where in real life the T-Wolves selected Josh Koji. I think they go with the guy who we were just talking about for, for thinking he is a lot better than he actually is. You could argue that he's not even top three in these years rookie year race, but he's not a terrible player, especially for an undrafted snag. I think the Timberwolves select Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, I like that. Um, these mock or these redrafts rather aren't too different for either of us. I think that the Timberwolves take Shake and Bake Milton. I like the nickname. I do not like the pick. Shake Milton sucks. No, just kidding. <laughs> I have him going. Um, the next pick here, so we can just talk about Shake. I think Shake this year, particularly, but he wasn't terrible last year, has emerged as a, a decent backup guard for some disappointing Sixers teams or a disappointing. Ideal for for maybe other teams, but he's worked for the Sixers when or, or starting at some point this season when Ben Simmons has been injured. Um, I like Shake; he's a solid player, so I think it is a, a decent pick um, for whatever team he goes to. Could you have the Jazz selecting at twenty one? Yeah, here the pick was um was Grayson Allen. Yeah, if you don't hate him, you don't watch basketball and you don't have a life. Yeah, that's fair. I think he might be, maybe him and Leitner might be the two most hated college basketball prospects of all time. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I Leitner is not up there for me just because I did not witness his. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying I hate him. I just think like people hate him. Yeah, Leitner's definitely one. But anyway, um, who do you have the Jazz selecting? Him? Yeah, I have the Jazz. You're going with. Um, somewhat of a more liked player, although not saying he's any much better, in Kevin Knox. Yeah, uh, Kevin Knox, I think that is a pretty good pick for the Jazz, who have kind of made players who, who were not necessarily supposed to be so great and good players. And, like, Rudy Gobert and Dante Mitchell, I'm not comparing him to those guys, but still, I think it is a pretty good pick for the Jazz, as I had him going at number 18. Yeah, alright, so we can move on here. 222 to the Bulls, where I think that the Bulls select Josh Okogi. Yeah, Okogi is a good player. I think he is. He's a good player for the Bulls. Um, yeah, it's a solid pick, I think. Um, anyway, uh, the pick in real life is Chandler Hutchinson, who who is fine, I guess. I don't have him going here. 
I have the balls selecting Bruce Brown. Um, yeah, I like that. Bruce goes just one pick later to the Pacers, so so not too much different there for us. Um, <laughs> I think that um that uh that makes sense for both of us. Who do you have the Pacers selecting I at number twenty three? Yeah, I have the Pacers selecting the same guy as they actually selected in real life by selecting Aaron Holiday. Yeah, I like that. Holiday um, goes a little bit later for me towards the end of this redraft, but we basically are towards the end anyway. We will move on here to 24, where, Dilly, you can give your pick. Yeah, here I have the, um, the, the Blazers selecting Troy Brown. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, I think that the Blazers... He are the Blazers here um, take the man, the myth, the legend, the man who has had an entire song written about him, Muhammad Bamba. Yeah, Mo Bamba. Um, we're not going to recite the song because we like to keep this pod censored, except for <laughs> the PSC podcast where, where some of my bunkmates were throwing down at bombs. Uh, that is what we say the first words for or something. But anyway, um, I think the 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 Trailblazers here um, make a fine pick with Bamba, who I guess could be better if the pressure isn't on him because he probably doesn't have a song if he's the twenty fourth pick. In the I draft. mean, just because he's the twenty fourth pick doesn't change the fact that he's like an eight foot wingspan. And he's seven feet tall. Yeah, I wasn't saying that he's not a good player. <laughs> he doesn't have a good attributes, but but anyway, we can move on to the twenty fifth pick where the Lakers are on the clock. Yeah, I think that the Lakers select Aaron Holiday. Um, Aaron Holiday just feels like the the guy that that would you know back up LeBron and you know and, and just be that classic Lakers role player like you know like Avery Bradley or or Josh Hart or somebody like classic. that. What? Classic. Yeah. So maybe I, even start because Avery Bradley starts. Yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Aaron Holiday is the pick here. Yeah, I have the Lakers selected. It plays. It's a perfect pick for Ella. Just a perfect. selecting an ironic pick in Jalen Brunson. Yeah, um, obviously Brunson went a little bit earlier for me. Anyway, I think that the Lakers here select Troy Brown. Uh, yeah, I think that is a good pick for for the Sixers, I guess. I have him going number 24. So I think Brunson is ironic because he, he led one Philadelphia team to a championship in Villanova or two championships. But anyway, uh, with the 27th pick, I have the Celtics selecting the same pick as they did in real life by selecting Robert Williams. Um, yeah, I like that. Robert Williams goes a little bit, uh, just a couple of picks later for me. I think that the, uh, or I guess that, uh, we can move on here to, uh, to, um, to, to, yeah, to 28. Um, I think that, uh, the, the Warriors select DeAnthony Melton here. Yeah, I have the Warriors selecting DeAnthony Melton as well. Probably a decent backup point guard for Steph in the future. 
Yeah, alright, so we can uh, close things out with uh, 28, or tw sorry, rather 29 and 30. 29, I have the Nets selecting Amari Spellman, and I think 30, I have the Hawks selecting Morris Wegg. It's definitely Mo Wagner, but we're going <laughs> to ignore your terrible pronouncing <laughs> here. Um, I have those picks flip-flop, so we don't even really need to discuss. But guys, that wraps up our second-to-last redraft on the DW Podcast. Now, we still have what-if scenarios and then some brief time to talk about this new playoff format. Now, uh, <laughs> at some point this weekend, you're going to get a full-fledged um, episode on us giving our predictions now for this new I mean, probably, but they were all supposed to be a good team from day one with Booker and Aiton, and so uh, that didn't exactly work out. I don't know. I think the Suns seem to be a dysfunctional organization, so I'm not completely sure. Maybe they don't. Maybe Luka just is bad on them or, or isn't as great as we see him on the match, but I, I'm not quite sure. I think that it, it, they're probably on paper good, but... I think that you, you never really know with the Suns. Yeah, the problem with the Suns is that they were the third to worst team in the league last year. So are you really on from third to worst team? You get a slight upgrade, at least for last year, between Luka and Aiton, and then you're a playoff team. I'm not sure, but this year, as they are maybe going to um, make the playoffs with the new format, and, and Luka's playing at MVP level and Booker's average, around 28 a game. I think that could be a playoff, a, a good team scenario. Uh, anyway, um, what do you think the, the Kings run with now Luca, Trey, and Buddy Heald on their team? Um, so Luca, Trey, Buddy Heald, um, I think... Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it probably works out. Um, I'm oh, not, I said Luca, Trey. I meant Fox, Trey. I'm yeah, I, I figured you mean that. I don't know. I It probably doesn't exactly work out because... But, I mean, then again, maybe they just sit healed again, and healed becomes one of the better six men in the league. I'm not I'm not completely sure. I mean, it's always tough when you have three guards and really only two positions. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it maybe works out fine. Maybe it so. works yeah, out I agree. awful. So that, works, that wraps up our, our, re, or our redraft, our whole redraft portion of this episode. Now we have to talk about this playoff scenario. Now, um... Woj reported this morning, although he kind of had an idea already, that there was going to be a 22-team playoff with 13 Western teams and 9 Eastern teams. They would play 8 more games to determine seeding. Yeah, so um, I like this idea. Obviously, it would be in Orlando. I think it's smart to bring back to not bring back all 30 teams. I was always against that because that just... I don't know, it brings more risk of, of COVID spreading and plus if you're I mean if you're the if you're the I don't know, if you're um if you're the I don't know, say the the Hawks or the Cavs or, or the Warriors who have already been eliminated then and you go back just to risk your risk injury, risk your family's health and your health with COVID and um and just basically play pointless games. I was always against that. I never really understood why you would even consider that, so I'm glad that they brought it down to 30. I like the eight um, regular season games, and I think that it should be interesting to see how these regular season games are played. I wonder if they will be 
full on right out of the gate, let's go, let's try to get as high of a seed as possible, or or if they will really just be, you know, take it easy, warm up games and then go right into the playoffs. I'm interested to see that. But I I, I like the I like the format and I like the idea and I'm glad that we will have sports back because um, and because I I don't know I don't see personally I don't think baseball is going to come back anytime soon that's just my personal opinion because um, of the the void between the owners and the players I don't think you can and basically the fact that they're trying to create a new CBA on the fly with all the salaries but anyway um, back to the NBA I think that. Um, I don't know. I, I like this new format. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I think this is going to be a fun format. Now, I was particularly rooting for a potential World Cup scenario. That was never really going to happen. I just think that would have been the most fun scenario possible. Right, I agree. Uh, I think it's cool that we have a, a March Madness type playing tournament because let's say a team like... Now, now I think some teams are more fun than teams that are better than them. So let's say the Blazers, I think that, or the Pelicans, actually. I think those are the two best examples. Make a run, and then, and somehow they make it to, like, at least the actual playoffs, but then maybe, like, the semifinals of the actual playoffs just because they're on a roll. I think that would be more fun than, than just because with this new playing tournament, the momentum gets so important. That's why we see right. lots of Cinderella runs. In, in the NCAA tournament, because a team just gets so much momentum that, that they can't lose. Yeah. And I think that would be fun to see, because we've never seen that with the NBA. Right. Um, but yeah, that is basically my opinion on this um, new format. We will have a actual predictions where we look at, like, the seed and what's going to go on. We'll, we'll do another one of those, like, NBA, just everything, where, where we're talking about a bunch of things. Uh, this weekend, probably, maybe next week, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that basically wraps up this episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. You got two in a day, one from the G-Men Journal. Like I said, check it out for some high-quality content. And then one from the DW Podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will talk to you guys next time.